All right, Sherry, let's continue talking about your book journeys, because I feel like each one of your books was just another chapter in your life. Yeah, pretty much. That's actually true. Well, I had um, decided that because a lot of the um, HR community was still talking about millennials, and a lot of the people that had liked Ties to Tattoo said, you know, what about millennials? And so out of obligation, mm-hmm. I wrote a three-book series called Crack the Millennial Code. Mm. And the first one was how to manage them, second, motivate, and the third was market, because nobody knew how to sell to the millennials. They were like, well, how do we do this? And so I felt really strongly that the millennial message was flipped and wrong. Millennials are amazing. They're fantastic. They have a different way of working. They're creative. They're this, they're that. And so I was out there telling employers, why don't you take what they've got and use that instead of dampening that spirit? Mm -hmm. And so after I did the three books out of obligation, and I say it that way because the writing of those three books is nothing that I would say I'm super proud of. Mm -hmm. They're great business books, and they really do help. But I think when you write out of obligation, that energy comes across. Mm -hmm. And so when I read those three, I did it because the community asked for it, but it wasn't in my heart. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so I did it, and I'm glad I finished them because I was like, I'm going to get this done. I'm just going to gut it up. I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. My first two books didn't feel anything like that, anything Mm -hmm. like that. And I had all these roadblocks with Crack the Millennial Code. And it was all the signals that kept telling me, you should just stop, you should stop. And I decided to finish them through. And I'm so glad I did because they have been a good message. Mm -hmm. But just, again, they weren't my message I wanted to focus on. I think that was the first inclination I got that I was done with the generations. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I was called the generational guru by Cheryl Hall. I was on Good Morning America and Good Morning Texas and doing all these interviews. And I did one on, you'll find this funny from the whole job interview thing, but I did one on Channel 8 for You Can't Text Your Way Through a Job Interview. Mm. You know, and so I was trying to speak to all the generations during that period. But after a while, I was just thought to myself, I'm not the best at this message anymore. Mm. And call me crazy, but I kind of like to be out on the edge a little bit, (laughs) discussing things that most people aren't willing to discuss, because that's what makes me happy and juiced in my life is to have difficult conversations. And I decided that I wanted to start learning something else. And that was about the time getting close around COVID that I decided I wanted to start looking into how can I help people stay married? I was remarried by a couple of years And I was seeing how the struggle was. And I was like, I thought this was happily ever after. Amen. We're perfect. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is taking a lot more work. And I realized that I wanted to start learning tools to have better conversations with my partner. Mm. Healthier conversations. Mm -hmm. Difficult ones, but healthy. So you have a book for me for that? Almost. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, how am I going to do that? And I started writing this crazy blog 13, 14 years ago, and I decided that the whole idea of this sensual life, Mm -hmm. I wanted a Zen life, but I wanted to live a sensual life, which meant Mm -hmm. I was turned on and lit up about living my life. That Mm -hmm. was the whole idea of what sensual gal was about. Mm -hmm. And so I started getting my training as a sex and intimacy coach. And I've never liked it being Okay, wait, wait, wait. Hang on. Let's go. You went ties to tattoos. Yep. And then you can have it all, just not all at once, to write in your generational books. And now you're learning 
Sex and intimacy. Sex and intimacy. Yeah. Talk about it like a huge yeah. shift. But but wait, let's even rewind. So you're a 29-year-old Canadian who packs up everything. Your car probably wasn't much to speak of. Nope. And you drove from Canada to Texas for an HR job, your first one, yes. with a dog and a nine-year-old. Yes. And then... A year into that, you've written your first book, and then you're on stage and trying to figure out how to be a speaker, mm-hmm. had a partnership that didn't go so well. You learn never to have a partner again in business right? and how to run a business, and you're in the HR world, but you have a friend that's dying from cancer, and you write this other book from all of these contributions from other women going through things. Right. And you have a daughter who was a who a drug addict, a drug yeah. addict, relapse, marriage, not marriage anymore. Yeah. Write the generational books, and now you are sex and intimacy. That's why I you remarried. said you have like ten lives yeah. and growing and going yes. strong. Yeah, and okay. I hope so. And I hope so because it's it's and exciting. And you find and fall in love and marry again. Yes. Okay. Yes. I think. Um, my husband says we're he's breaking records every single day because I've never been married this long and we're we are having our seventh anniversary next month. I love so it. I just really laugh about that because he's super proud of that. He yeah. was married for almost thirty years, his first marriage, and then me. So I just kind of laugh because I say I'm a great girlfriend, but yeah. I don't know that I make the best wife because yeah. I really love to follow this kind of path. Mm-hmm. And my husband is very detailed and very straightforward thinking. And so this creative woman is just kind of going all over the place yeah. and he's just standing there he going, just, okay. Yeah, he's probably like my husband and just constantly shaking his head and go, okay, well, I'll be home when you're, when you, when you get done with your crazy cell, whatever right. it is you're doing. I'll be right here. Yeah, I'll be right here. So what was so interesting is, so you came to my retreat in, in Broken Bow, Oklahoma. Yep. And you walk through the door and I'm like, this girl's got some cool stuff going on. But I still, this is, I mean, like I'm taking notes. This is the first time I've heard all of this. I just, you know, our, our energies collided. And, but at that time I'm facilitating the retreat. So it, you know, I'm not sitting down and having the, you know, sitting in the hot tub or sitting by the fire at the end of the evening and having the chats. I'm trying to refill my energy. <laughs> so yes, after I could, the whole so I could, day. Yeah, after I, yeah, I poured into everybody. I had to go. I knew you had so much to share. So I'm just, this is just so fun. So it, thank it, you for coming. It's absolutely, I love what I do. And I just feel so blessed that I get to do it. And that I do have a partner who supports it. And actually what we missed in there a couple of years ago, my husband got an offer to go live in London. And we said yes. We sold up everything we owned in Frisco, Texas, mm-hmm. and uh, we moved to downtown London during COVID. Oh, oh. Yes. It was quite the adventure, and I am still supporting one of my favorite HR clients is a potato farm, mm-hmm. a potato farm. Mm-hmm. And I'm working for them in London, mm-hmm. and so they were kind enough to let me do that. And um, we're living in London, and it's quite a different place. And my husband's a recovering alcoholic, okay. and he had a problem mm-hmm. with London. Mm-hmm. And we moved back in May or June of last year, and I met you in October. Mm. So and it was good timing. It was incredibly good timing, and we had no idea where we were going to live. We were building this house, we thought, in Tulum, Mexico, which turned out to be more like a retreat center and mm-hmm. not really our home. But I had to literally move my husband back across the world 
during one of his relapses. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking to myself, girl, you've gone through this intimacy relationship coaching. Here you are supposed to be an expert on this. Mm -hmm. And now you're in the thick of it again. But don't you find when you look back and, and I, and I mean, I'm seeing the pattern right here. Really, it's your soul prepping you for the work that you're about to do for yourself. And through your healing process, you're allowed to help. I mean, you're you're helping to heal others. Yeah, and I think that's just, for me, I used to be very closed off, didn't trust anybody. And mm-hmm. when I finally got to the place where I could open up my heart again, mm-hmm. and that really wasn't until about 10 or so years ago, that mm-hmm. I was okay with sharing the broken parts of me, mm-hmm. the damage, the mm-hmm. scars, mm-hmm. the whatever, mm-hmm. that I felt really connected to other people. Mm-hmm. The woman you would have met wouldn't have been the same woman that you met last October because I wouldn't have let you in. Mm-hmm. So I also wouldn't have let me out mm-hmm. because if you didn't really know the real me, you couldn't not like me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was safe. Yeah. And so, yeah, absolutely. Every one of these experiences. Well, and you know, even in October, I remember you saying, I mean, typically you're the one speaking, you're the one facilitating. And then for you to even show up and be vulnerable with a group of women you really didn't know because nobody there really knew each other. That's the beauty of those events. I mean, yep. you're there for yourself to unplug from the rest of the world and just really rediscover who you are. Yep. And so you showed up, you, you showed up and really put yourself, I mean, it's like you left the, the baggage of who Sherry is on the front porch and walked through those doors. Yeah, and I was like, world, ladies, Let's figure something new out. You know, Mm -hmm. I was like very excited. Mm -hmm. And that's not something I normally did because it, to me, it was like, oh, I get enough learning. Mm -hmm. But here I was. And I was like, I, the energy, when I saw the message of the retreat, I went, I'm enrolling. Mm -hmm. So if I get that, that hit, I do it right away. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I am excited about this. That's that lit life. It's, you know, as long as you surrender to the experiment of life, then in, in, you know what your intention is, you can just live it. That's the live lit. And so when you think about all of that, I saw the logo, I saw the message and I was like, this is it. This is, this is it. You know, I kept trying to think about what kind of life I wanted. And, you know, I thought about this and I saw your living lit and amplified. I was just like, this is it. This is just like speaking to me. And it's funny because we can judge each other like books, right? By a Mm -hmm. cover. And I used to talk a lot about that when I did women's events on how we judge each other and Mm -hmm. stuff. I didn't have to have any personality. Nobody had to know anything about me before I got there other than, you know, uh, maybe one or two things. But they, we didn't know anything mm-hmm. about each other. And it was so beautiful to go through that experience together without the facade of mm-hmm. our business, our mm-hmm. work, our anything, mm-hmm. our status. And I love and that. And I make it really clear, like, leave your makeup at home because that puts you in the most vulnerable state. Sure does. But we don't even know what you look like without makeup or with makeup. I mean, you're new to us, but you're not there for us. You're there for yourself anyway. Right. But that is a mindset change. I know for me, it was a huge one, but I think for a lot of people to check out of their life mm-hmm. and check into their life mm-hmm. takes a lot to show up and just be like, let's open this up and mm-hmm. let's be willing to look at the places that might be not so pretty mm-hmm. so I can heal from them. But what's interesting, though, about those events is nobody's going to see that realness except for you unless you choose 
to to share. Yeah. I think that part is harder than if you were to strip down and share, like knowing that nobody else is going to see this. So I can really be real, but that's scary. Yeah, very scary. Because, I mean, just even for you to pause and go through your life and just realize how many parts of your life you were really trying to keep hidden. And again, once you shine light on it, it starts to heal itself. Yes. Or, you, and a lot of times you even find out, as you found out through your work in writing books and talking to people, is that you're not alone. Right. And what a beautiful feeling that is. Mm-hmm. When someone else can look across at you and go, we, we've experienced mm-hmm. things together. Mm-hmm. She gets me. It's he the gets connection me. That, that you connection feel. is wonderful. Yeah. It's yeah. like, it's... It, I think about sparkle, but I'm like, that's electric when mm-hmm. I feel that with someone. It's mm-hmm. just like, I need to know that person. I need to talk mm-hmm. to that person. And that's mm-hmm. how we said the same thing about last October. I was like, I looked at my friend April and I'm like, I'm going to be speaking to her more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm mm-hmm. like, we're going to be talking more about mm-hmm. this because there was just some great energy and connection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we have to be tuned in. And like you said, lit up and plugged into our life or we're going to miss all these fabulous You're moments. Gonna miss it. You're going to miss it. Yeah, it's... Um, being present is just so important, but also so hard. Yes, yes, it is. It is. And I saw what my friend went through that I wrote the book for, You Can Have It All. And I decided at that moment, that's when I was going to start trying, even for the painful stuff. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to step into the pain. I wanted to understand this sadness and understand after the loss of divorce, I'd never had my heart broken, mm. Michelle, until my ex-husband asked for that divorce. Mm-hmm. I was shocked and I had insulated myself all the way up to that point until mm-hmm. I was 43 years of age. Mm-hmm. And I had just had my heart broken. And I went, okay, you know what? Now I really get when my clients come to me mm-hmm. and they tell me they're going through a divorce or have gone, mm-hmm. I have this innate connection to them now I can have true empathy mm-hmm. where I could not before I just didn't I'm like a man broke your heart eh, whatever mm-hmm. seriously that's how I kind of thought in my back of yeah, my brain yeah get over it get yeah. over it put what your big girl panties do? on of it yeah. get out you know what does got that have stuff to, do to do with working today <laughs> <laughs> exactly so it really did help me so I I have appreciation for that well same thing with dealing with your daughter with with drug addiction that's a heartbreak too, because you lost the daughter that you thought you, she was. Of course. And, and then of course, you know, how do you help someone that you love so dearly until they're ready to help themselves? Then you had to learn that you can't truly do that. I mean, just all of those, those things that now you can connect and that you you can connect with other people because you've experienced, you know, exactly. I know that I've done some speaking for the DEA and I went there one day and I wanted to thank them for saving my daughter's life at one point because they had her under surveillance mm-hmm. at UTD. Mm-hmm. And um, I said to them, you guys don't know the impact that you're making. And I just wanted to thank them. So I started doing some speaking for them mm-hmm. as a parent. Mm-hmm. It was some of the most satisfying. The introvert that you used I to be. I know, the introvert. And I'm standing up there because it's a message that I can get behind. Right. You know, and it's not about me. Mm-hmm. So when I figured it wasn't about me anymore, people weren't looking like to see, is she gotten a little puffy? Is she gained weight? Is she looking ugly today? You know. I had all this insecurity about the mm-hmm. outside mm-hmm. not looking right. Mm-hmm. But it was once I realized it was the message that people were connecting with, mm-hmm. I wasn't nearly so concerned mm-hmm. about what I look like anymore. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. And it was fabulous. Mm -hmm. It was. I got to show up as me. Mm -hmm. And if I made a mistake, I was able to laugh it off. And then they're like, oh, look at you. You're just, yeah. And I'm like, I'm just like all of you trying to make it day by day. And I just want to share my experience with you. I've really gotten into facilitating masterminds. I love to facilitate a conversation and just guide the conversation, but allow people to connect through conversations. My favorite. I just love sitting back, watching, listening, observing, and, and guiding. And yesterday, though, there was a lady there that just came straight from the gym without her makeup on. And I said, thank you. Because you being here with others in a room without your makeup gives me, reminds me that it's okay to do the same thing. We give each other permission when we when we are, don't fear failure. Yes. And if we fail in front of people and we don't see that as a failure, you're giving someone else permission to be vulnerable and not worry about being perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So even if you were to goof up on stage, you give someone permission to overcome their fear of doing the same thing because they'll see that and go, oh, she just messed up and didn't make a big deal of it and didn't like you know, cry her way off the stage. She right. just continued to go. Yep. So I think that there's just so much beauty in just embracing imperfection because it gives people permission to try. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as I started looking into the whole sex and intimacy coaching, mm-hmm. I remember interviewing the, the only company and the only training institute in the United States that does this that's accredited. I interviewed with them a few times and I was so scared. Mm -hmm. I was like, "Mm, maybe next year, maybe next year. And Mm -hmm. so finally, by the time I did enroll, they still laugh about it because they were like, not only did you roll in the beginning course, which was two years, I also pre-enrolled for the advanced course Mm -hmm. and then the next one. And I paid for it all at once because I was like, Cher, if you're going to do this, you are doing all of it. You jump in, not (laughs) head first, feet first. I mean, you go all in with everything. just like all of it. I need to know all of it if I'm going to be able to do this. And I had no intention of coaching people or doing anything else. And I hadn't even thought about writing this new book. It was just kind of sitting out there until I got through kind of COVID time. And I realized the struggles my husband and I had Mm -hmm. and making it through his relapse. And I have to tell you, Michelle, I leaned on some of my best girlfriends, and if it wasn't for them, I would have lost my mind. So, you know, for anybody watching or listening to this, create your community. Just do it. Create your community of trust of whoever they are. Mm -hmm. And the older we get, the harder it is. Mm -hmm. And see, it even makes me tear up now because they loved me. Mm -hmm. They saw me fall apart, Mm -hmm. and then they helped put me back together in their arms Mm -hmm. so that I could stand on my own two feet again Mm -hmm. and go and face what I had to face Mm -hmm. and be then there strong enough for my husband. Create a community. Create your community of your people, whoever they are, Mm -hmm. you know, and if that hadn't happened last January with these two friends and one of them is April Vaughn, Mm -hmm. I would not have been ready and able to stand there and support my husband in the way that he needed it. And, you know, it came down to, Sherry, you knew what your marriage vows were before, Mm -hmm. in sickness and in health, right? And my ex decided that that didn't work for him. And I remember saying to myself, well, he obviously didn't take it seriously. So then guess who's asking herself that? Mm -hmm. He needs you now. Mm -hmm. You need to stand there with him. Mm -hmm. And I was like, 
Absolutely. So if I can find a way to help increase conversation, communication, trust within couples, Mm -hmm. because we wouldn't have made it through that tough year Mm -hmm. if it hadn't been for me creating that community and me doing the work that I had, my soul, as you said, started preparing me for, Mm -hmm. because I now had all this knowledge that I was supposed to be sharing with others. Well, guess who needed it first? Me. Me. It always starts with us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Before we can give it to anybody else, Mm -hmm. we have to have it. Yeah, I think if you really start, like, I know this is true for me. So this is my truth. Typically, I'm teaching what I need to learn the most about. So if you catch me teaching something, you can look in my heart and know that's where I need to learn the most. Oh, I love that. And, And, I mean, I see that through all that you have done, too. Yeah, and usually my teaching comes at the very end after I've walked the like over the rocks or I've done my Phoenix kind of process, gone into the woods and come back out and something different, right? And to me, that's been the changes for me. It feels like I'm peeling that layer of skin and I'm going into a new person. Do you remember when we were at the retreat and we ended up going down the human design path instead of the scripted yes. retreat material that I had? What was your profile? Do you remember? It was like an eight and a one or a seven and a one. Something like seven that. Seven and a one, I think it was. So, so yeah. if we, if, if for anybody that's listening for the human design, I'm a three, five. So typically I experience things to share with others. Mm. And I, that's why I was asking. I thought that was a five. Maybe it's a one and a five. It may be. Cause I think yeah. that that has, that's you right. have that profile too. Yes. Where, where our experiences are for lessons for ourselves, but also to be shared with others. That is exactly correct. And maybe it doesn't help them avoid the struggles because right. there's just so much lesson in it, but for them to know that they're not alone. Right. It's not, you know, they're not going through this by themselves. Someone else has also. Yeah. And, and so, it gives uh, them permission too to go, oh, okay, I'm not so I'm not so odd. I'm not so whatever. And right, then yeah. they, they also know that maybe now there's a source, somebody who can offer help or referrals. I get a lot of people ask me all the time about, well, does Al Anon really work or uh-huh. AA? And I'm like, Yes, it really uh-huh. does. Uh-huh. Yeah. It really that's does. what you want. But there's well, other because choices. Because just like we were talking about, that's that's part of your community at that time. Sure. You know, I think about whenever you said that, what I was visualizing, well, number one, y'all, y'all sisterhood, you know, <laughs> all together holding yeah. hands, daisies in their hair, you know. But I'm also, you know, also picture the trust circle, you know, where everybody is falling over and trusting the next person to catch them. Yep. I mean, we always need that trust circle. Like, yeah. if I fall, who's going to catch me? Yep. Who are those people? And you have to plan now. Yes. It's kind of like, you know, you learn to do CPR before you need to do CPR. Exactly. Yeah. We yeah. need to have be able to have circle. that built. And that's one of the things that I put a fire pit in my house in Tulum at the very end of the build. Mm-hmm. Because I wanted a place, and my husband almost lost his mind over this. I said, we can paint and heal our emotional scars and our physical scars. So as part of the women's retreat, I wanted to start doing that. The women could choose their color of paint, and we would paint them where they wanted. Oh, my gosh. Healing. We are going to. I want to. um, let's, Let's stop here because I can't wait to get into the last section, which is really talking about what you have built in Tulum and your vision for how this is going to not just heal the couple. I I mean, 
Well, we'll see if this is true, but I think the healing is within before you can heal as a couple. And I think that's the direction you're going. I don't know that for sure. But let's pause here in case someone needs to listen to this later on. Perfect. And um, we'll record one more episode over this. Okay. Fabulous. All right.